What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, Flamethrowers. It's me, Amira Rose Davis, and I'm here with another hot take of Burn It All Down. Given the news this week of Nike unveiling Colin Kaepernick of one of the faces of their new Just Do It 30th anniversary campaign, I wanted to reach out to former guest of the pod, Tony Smith-Thompson, to get her opinions and chat a little bit about this relationship between athletic activism and capitalism, specifically corporations. If you remember, Tony, as a college basketball player at Manhattanville College, protest during the national anthem in the early 2000s. She joined the pod a, a few months ago to drop some insights on current activism and recount her tales as well. And I really wanted to uh, call her up and have a little bit of chat about what's going on. So, Tony, welcome back to the pod. Thanks for having me, Amira. Immediately wanted to get your a reaction. What what were you thinking? What are your thoughts when you saw Nike unveil Colin Kaepernick as one of the faces of their 30th anniversary Just Do It campaign? It was a mixed bag for me. Uh, I didn't see the ad until it had already been posted on all of my feeds with commentary from so many of my folks with praise and excitement. Um, and so I went into watching the ad with that in mind. And um it was it was just okay for me. I think I'm really glad to see that Colin Kaepernick still has opportunities to have a platform and use that platform. And I think there is some uh, there is some benefit to saying to the public that um, a figure like Colin Kaepernick still has a market. At the same time, we know that there's a long history of corporations co-opting social justice movements. Um, think about Kendall Jenner and the <laughs> atrocious Pepsi uh, commercial <laughs> that was pulled. And so we know that companies see dissent and protest as profitable, um, not usually in the immediate crisis moment, but after, you know, some distance afterward when it's a little bit more muted, sometimes when it's more palatable, and then they swoop in and sort of co-opt the, the narrative. And it can be really hard to take the narrative back um, by people on the ground once that happens. And so I watched it with both of those um, ideas, both of those thoughts in my head. And um, the other immediate thought that I had when I watched the full two-minute ad was there was a very deliberate placement of the American flag toward the end mm -hmm. of the ad. And um, as it's waving in the background, Colin Kaepernick is shown facing it. And I thought that's, that's such a subtle, in a two minute ad, that was really only there for maybe four seconds. It was mm -hmm. so subtle, but not subtle and very deliberate. Um, and it actually is strikingly different from his original protest which was right. to not salute a flag that didn't um, uphold its ideals. And so, you know, that's a deliberate choice. And I'm sure that Colin, like I um, certainly think that he was involved in some of the crafting of this or had some kind of input in it, um, because I do think he's really thoughtful from what I've seen. Um, so that's a very deliberate choice. And that's a choice that I think we need to think about 
what why it's in there and what messages um, are trying to be conveyed to us. Yeah, and it's so interesting you bring in that point because when I saw that, I saw it was kind of you know a partial view of the flag, and then he turned his back, and I wondered was that supposed to capture his protest? Was that supposed to be him? turning his back what was what is happening and one of the reasons i had all those questions is because the ad says very little about the issues that colin was attempting to raise and other players certainly as well and i wonder if you could speak a little bit on how commercials like this or the involvement of corporations can work to perhaps maybe pivot the message of the movement i'm so glad you raised that the way you just did i thought about that as well and um, something that was very striking to me is that this ad is really inspirational and really beautiful. And it's showing example after an example of ex- athletes that have achieved exceptional feats mm-hmm. um, by giving little snippets about what those athletes have done. You know, it says LeBron is more than a basketball player and they show an image of him in his pool. They show Serena Williams uh, and, and many other athletes. What they do not do is include Colin Kaepernick as part of the narrative of the ad. He's only the narrator. Mm. So when they said, you know, LeBron is more than a basketball player, they could have easily included, don't just be a football player, be bigger than football and shown an Mm. image of him protesting. They didn't do that. They specifically chose to have him just convey the message, but not actively be represented in the ways that you can think bigger than you and dream bigger. So I think when we watch corporate activism unfold, We need to ask ourselves what they are selling. This Nike ad, to me, um, displayed these examples of athletics achieving exceptional feats, and that's what it's selling. It's selling each of our ability to pursue our biggest dreams, to have self-determination, to go beyond where we're often told we can go. That's not by itself a negative or harmful thing to message, but it can be harmful if we watch that ad and assume that because Colin is the face of it, that means the campaign's goal is to end racism and police brutality. It is not that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's such an important point, um, the way they use what I call dream rhetoric or ideas about inspiration. Um, and you know, I showed it in my class today and they were captivated. Somebody was crying and it was um, really interesting to see. It's so effective. Tony, you protested back at Manhattanville College in the early 2000s, also staged during the national anthem. And I'm wondering if at that time, or perhaps since then, there's been any attempts to kind of commodify your protest in any way. Or do you think, obviously, platform, but also perhaps gender, has a role to play here? Um, Phrased another way, is this a conversation that we can only have about Black male athletes who engage in athletic activism and maybe Serena Williams, given the kind of scope and disparity of endorsement deals and opportunities for um, Black women, but women in general in sport? That's a great question. I certainly think um, my the level at which I was competing as an athlete um, had a big part to do with it. And no, there weren't really attempts to commodify my protest, although there were lots of requests to do the media circuit. And perhaps if I had done those, that would have turned into something more. But generally, like you do the media circuit first, and then the opportunities um, increase from there as you kind of like convey your willingness to tell your story and be used to sell a message. Um, And I really shied away from doing that because I had concerns about 
how the media would filter what I was saying and um, that it would provoke more backlash. You know, I had a varying concerns and there was no social media back then. So I really didn't have a direct line to the public to be able to control what I said and when I said it or what other people said. Um, so I don't know. And that's something I thought about as well. It's, um, it, I acknowledge that it's very easy to critique ad campaigns and to critique choices that other athletes make. Um, but in this era where corporate influence is embedded in everything and it's unavoidable, I don't actually know what it looks like for an athlete to completely disassociate from those opportunities because part of the kind of job function of an athlete now, when you look at all of it, often includes endorsement and some kind of um, marketing component. So, you know, you know, so from that perspective, is there a benefit to a powerful company saying to the public that they recognize the marketability of dissent as our mm. current president is vocal in his contempt for dissent? Yeah, I think there, you know, that can be a positive. And again, um, I don't know the long game here with Colin Kaepernick and Nike, perhaps there's more coming that will look different and feel different. Um, just going off of this initial ad campaign, it's hard to know how it's going to play out. Um, but there's many facets of society that we need to impact in order to produce change. And certainly the public discourse and just our general culture is a big part of that. Um, and so I don't, I don't discount the impact that, you know, corporations and messaging and um, companies that have so much power to impact the public discourse can have when done deliberately, thoughtfully, and with a goal that is aligned with our goals. Right. And perhaps that's one of the things that's so hard about this is that Nike is a corporation with a long kind of history Right, of child labor and sweatshops. And just a few months ago, a huge report about sexism, yeah. misogyny in their you know, upper offices, huge staff turnover. Um, certainly when you have Craig Hodges trying to boycott Nike uh, in, in the mid-90s and yeah. you have Jordan as their you know, biggest brand ambassador who stayed apolitical and famously saying Republicans buy shoes too, that it's interesting then to be here in 2018 and looking at Nike as some sort of corporate vanguard of revolution. Yeah, it's certainly not that. And it, <laughs> and I don't even think, I've, I've seen some of the commentary um, framing this as a Nike versus NFL fight. And I don't think it's that either, because these are both really big, significant institutions in our society. And, you know, that's not the game that we're playing here to see which one of them is going to win. That's not the struggle that's happening on the ground level with everyday people. And that's not what Colin's protest was initially about. Um, but I did want to say something about what you just touched on. I think uh, that's what, this is where we can really have an impact with this ad campaign. I think you're, um, the point you previously made if Nike is going to sell his image for inspiration, then we can absolutely demand that the campaign isn't superficial. Is Nike just bottling and selling the inspiration of athletes in mm -hmm. highlights? Or does it actually believe in supporting what the athletes are standing for, right? Are they just selling the act or are they selling believing in what they believe in? So that means will Nike speak out when police abuse their authority and hurt or kill someone? 
Right. Will Nike lobby to strengthen public education in line with LeBron's commitment? Will they stand for and provide their own employees with the benefits and support so that all mamas can pursue their dreams like Serena? Right. So I think there is more we can pull out of corporations if they're going to step into these movements and try to dip their toes in and make a profit off of real struggles. Then we can absolutely demand that they go beyond the surface and not just sell the the what of the actions, but also be invested in the why. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's such a strong point. When you think about Colin's protest, it was really inspirational. It widened the conversation about the role of athletes, specifically Black athletes, um, challenging the shut up and play. And it once again highlighted the contradiction between the country's ideals and its reality. And that's no small thing. I remember giving an interview when he first started protesting. um, And one of the things I said was, what would you tell him if you could give him advice? And I said, whatever he does going forward, it needs to be authentic for him. You know, he's, he's taken a stand. He started a conversation and it can really feel like a burden to feel like I always have to do this from now on for the rest of my life. I can never make a different choice, even when it feels like I, sh- I need to detour or I need to follow some different path to have an impact in a different way. Um, and I think that really that can kill us inside to feel that when it's not authentic. And so I think that needs to be okay. And that's, it seems like that's what he's doing. I only know um, as an outsider looking at kind of his path in the last two years, Um, but that doesn't change the goal for the movements that predated his protest and have continued since then. I think the protest was great. Um, It was a great spark. It was great leverage in many ways. And, um, we have to be appreciative for that. And, you know, the movement continues no matter who's coming, flowing in and out of it on any given day. Does this make us reassess how we, and I don't know, I'm using we here in stand-in of, you know, perhaps the media or whatever, concocted a narrative of this being a particular renaissance and activism or a movement in a way that, you know, certainly I've talked about before and we've talked about together if Collins, the symbol and the head of the movement, in what ways does that obscure the way other athletes, particularly Black women, have been putting themselves out there and speaking out and kneeling and absorbing fines and continuing to shut down press conferences and talk about police brutality and do things like that that don't necessarily get that same attention? Yeah. And perhaps, you know, one of the things that this moment does do is renders Colin again an individual that sometimes gets lost as he's been created as a symbol. And in this moment where he's like ultimately been projected as a symbol by something like Nike, it allows us to actually take a step back and breathe and think about the ways that we've perhaps symbolized him as well. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, I think to your first point, you know, that's, this is part of the, storyline that we don't know yet um, in, in terms of like how it changes or shapes athletes who are taking a stand in this way because um, Colin Kaepernick is still not back in the NFL. He's now yeah. suing them and we don't know how that part of it is going to play out. So if he ends up back in the league and not protesting or if he ends up not back in the league, I don't think that does much to make it available for athletes to really exercise their First Amendment 
rights to free expression or how, what the way we would like those rights to be interpreted and upheld. Uh, I don't think it's a good formula for an athlete to protest, get blacklisted, and then bank on an endorsement deal because um, most of us are not going to have that. Right. And so I don't think that's a model we should bank on at all. I think, you know, a win in just in terms of the the labor dispute, a win would be that he still has a job in the NFL and he's not uh, pressured to not protest, right? Like you can protest or not protest and that shouldn't impact your job. Like that should just be what it is. And we're not there yet. And I don't know if we'll get there. And so from that perspective, I don't know that this, um, that this example kind of moves the ball forward in, in this movement, you know, in, right. in the ability for people to express themselves or dissent. And I'm wondering, given how much we heard about NFL ratings um, being down, despite the fact that, like, say, NASCAR's was down too or whatever, but does this represent any kind of indication of a change in market logic that is now, like, recognizing Cap's popularity or, you know, his jersey sales being high? Or is this just an instance of uh, being a different target audience? Um, You know, I think the different sectors of our society are tolerant of different types of behavior and they have different goals. And so the goals Mm. of the NFL are very different from the goals of um, corporations and the media that are selling messages. And I think it's very different for the general public to support someone or support a message and for them to stand in solidarity to demand change. So I think there's like, there's a spectrum of support where you can sort of agree with something, you can support something, and then all the way at the other end, there's solidarity. So I don't think the general public saying like, oh, I I agree with what he did, or I can understand his position. Those people are not necessarily and not likely going to demand that he get his job back or demand Mm -hmm. that everybody has like uh, equal opportunities in employment. Um, So I think we just need to think about like, yes, money dominates. Yes, companies are thinking about their bottom line, but we also know looking at the state of our country right now, there's also something stronger at play often than money. um, And that is kind of like white dominant culture. Racism Mm -hmm. is still very alive and well. And Colin Kaepernick being the face of this Nike campaign is going to be popular. I think it does sell very well. And I think there are pieces of it that are, can be helpful at the same time. It doesn't threaten any power structure. Right. It's not because resistance is now going to buy some Nike shoes. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't threaten the NFL's power structure. It may make some people mad or feel bad. It may produce, like, provoke some outrage um, from people. You know, we've seen a lot of outrage already. Um, But it doesn't threaten any existing power structure, right? It just kind of like makes people feel different things. And that's a very different type of action, one that kind of like, threatens to upend power and one that shifts people's feelings. Well, Tony, thanks again for coming on the pod and breaking this down with us. Your insights and perspective are always so valued and you're such a force. So we love hearing from you. Thank you too. It's a pleasure as always.